what? We're, we're in this series called God, Love, and Sex. And, and I'm really excited about uh, this series. Really, every year, we always carve out a block of time to do a series on relationships. And it's just a passion of mine. Uh, the Lord has blessed me with a wonderful bride. Uh, we married 10 years in December, and uh, we, we love each other. I have, have, really do have a great marriage and a lot of effort, a lot of work. And the Lord's really blessed us. And it's a passion of mine to see this church family, your marriages, your future marriages, be all that God uh, wants them to be. And so I'm really excited as we look at part two today of Help My Marriage Stinks. And if you missed part one, you can drop out in the lobby area, pick up a CD, or listen for free online at peopleschurch.tv. All the messages are there. And I think part number one of Help My Marriage Stinks will be a tremendous asset and blessing to you and, and to your marriage. And let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever seen someone on TV from that television show, uh, Extreme Makeover, get a physical makeover? How many of you know somebody personally that ever has had a physical makeover? Anybody here, you've seen that show? Come on, anybody seen the show, Extreme yeah, the Makeover Show? Or maybe you know somebody that's had a makeover, and you, you know what I'm talking about. Well, well today, I want to look at that in the arena of marriage. I want to look at having a marriage makeover, that God Almighty can transform some marriages and they have a marriage makeover beginning today because our Heavenly Father can take a bad marriage and make it over and turn it into a good marriage. Our Heavenly Father can take a good marriage and make it over and turn it into a great marriage. Our Heavenly Father can take a surviving marriage and breathe new life into it and make it be a, a thriving marriage for His honor and for His glory. And I want us to look at today six steps to a marriage makeover. Very simple, very simple to remember. We're going to look at letters A, B, C, D, E, and F. A, B, C, D, E, and letter F. Letter A is this. If you want to have a marriage makeover, letter A, you can follow along with me in your bulletin and fill in the blanks. Letter A, accept responsibility for your part. You must accept responsibility for your part. Heart. The scripture says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 22, and we, we've heard these verses a lot regarding the, the marriage uh, arena. The, the scripture says this, you wives, and that's where I want you to focus in. You wives must submit to your husband's leadership in the same way you submit to the Lord. Verse 25 in that same chapter says, and you husbands, that's what I want you to notice, you husbands Show the same kind of love to your wives as Christ showed to the church when he died for her. And do you know what happens in so many Christian marriages? Here's what happens. So many Christian marriages, the spouses play Bible darts with each other. And they get Bible darts and they throw them at each other. Don't you know the Bible says you better love me like Christ loved the church? And he picks it up and goes... Don't you know the Bible says you submit to me as unto the Lord and they, they throw Bible darts and they really think by throwing these scriptures at each other and, saying, and, and, and trying to manipulate each other, they think they're going to control their spouse. I mean, they think by throwing Bible darts at each other that they're going to really change their spouse. And I want to tell you, the Bible dart game doesn't work. Matter of fact, here's a revelation. Here's something that really, really, really helped you. Listen, you're not responsible for your spouse. You're not responsible for their actions. You're not responsible for their attitude. But you are responsible for you. 
Did you notice what Paul says? He says, listen, he says, you wives, this has nothing to do with the husbands. Husbands, this this doesn't apply to you. I'm not talking to you. You wives, here's a part of your role. Here's a part of your responsibilities. Then he says, listen, you husbands, wives, has nothing to do with you. You can't throw Bible darts. Listen, this is to the husbands. You husbands, here's a part of your responsibility. And friends, if you're going to see a, a marriage makeover, you must accept responsibility for your part. You can't change your spouse. You can't make them love you. You can't make them act right. Act right, but you can't do this. You can take responsibility for your part. And here's the key. If you'll do that, you'll experience a marriage makeover. It will help. Even if you have a spouse who's not a believer and you take responsibility for your part and you begin to apply God's word to your marriage and you change your attitude and you change your actions and you change how you treat your spouse, listen, over time, if not immediately, your spouse will begin to treat and respond to you differently. And do you know why? Because you simply begin to do your part and they see your attitudes change, the way you treat them has changed, and then all of a sudden they start to treat you Differently, You want to have a marriage makeover, you must accept responsibility for your part. Quit trying to change your spouse. Quit trying to nitpick your spouse and let God do a work in you. There's a, a second step that I want us to look at today, a second step to a marriage makeover. Letter B is this. Believe. Everybody say believe. Notice that believe God can change your marriage. Some of you honestly feel today that there's no hope for your marriage. You're in this place today, and you're thinking that there's just no way my marriage is going to ever work. But regardless of of how you feel about your marriage today, let me give you one truth, one truth. Understand this. God has not given up on your marriage. God can do what you can't do. You say, Herbert, you don't know how bad it is. Herbert, you don't know what we're going through. Herbert, this is the worst our marriage has ever been. You say, Herbert, is there really hope for my marriage? Absolutely yes. Here's what the scripture says in Romans chapter 4 and verse number 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. God talking to to Abraham. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. Believed. The God, notice this, who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. The Bible says that we're serving a God that that raises the dead. And friends, if God can raise a dead person, he can raise a dead marriage. God specializes in marriage makeovers. He specializes in bringing something that's dead to life again. He specializes in bringing something that's old, that's stale, and that's stagnant and breathing new life into it. He specializes in marriage makeovers. Matter of fact, the scripture says in Matthew chapter 19 and verse number 26, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, if you try to do it in your own effort, humanly speaking, no one. In other words, it's not possible. It can't be done. But with God, everything is possible. Everybody say everything. Everything Everything is possible with God. You see, friends, so many people look at their marriage from a human perspective. And here's how you know if you're looking at your marriage from a human perspective. You'll say things like this. There's no way that I can make this work. I can't change my spouse. 
I can't make this marriage better. I can't save this marriage. And you're absolutely right. Humanly speaking, it, it, it can't be done. And what you have to do is get your eyes off off the human perspective and get your eyes on God's perspective. God can do what you can't do. For instance, God can resurrect a dead marriage. God can resurrect a dead love life. God can resurrect dead finances. God can resurrect dead communication. Our Heavenly Father can do what you can't do by yourself. And here's the question. Here's the question I want you to think about for the next few moments. Do you believe God's word? Do you believe God's able? I'm not asking how difficult your situation is. I'm not asking how bad it is. I'm not asking about what they've done to you. I'm asking you, do you believe that our God can do anything? Humanly speaking, it can't be done. But with God, everything is possible. There's a, a third step, a third step to a marriage makeover. Letter C. We looked at A, B, letter C. Commit to doing whatever, whatever it takes. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 19 and verse number 6, so they are no longer two, talking about the husband and wife once they're joined together in holy matrimony, so they are no longer two but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. Let man not separate. Let man not separate. Listen, friends. You must make up your mind that divorce is not an option. In, in the Cooper family, my, my wife and I, divorce is not an option. Matter of fact, Tiff knows that. I, I know it's not an option. And, and she realized if she ever tried to leave me, I'm just going with her. Yeah, I'm, where, where are we going? Because, because divorce is it's not an option. We, we don't talk about it in our family. We don't bring it up in our family. I mean, we don't go around when we're frustrated or aggravated with one another. We don't throw around the D word to try to control. We, we don't throw around the D word to try to, to leverage it and, and to get our own way. Divorce is not an option in our home. We don't think about it. We don't talk about it. We're committed to our, our marriage. And, and, and it's the same with your marriage. In your marriage, divorce can't be an option. Listen, some of you in your marriage, what you need to do is take divorce out of your vocabulary. You have to quit when you're in a heated discussion. Uh, you know, in, 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 a, in a preacher's marriage, you know, we, we don't get in arguments. We call, it, uh, we, we call it intense moments of fellowship. And so when we have intense moments of fellowship, but you can't throw around the D words. Here's what I know. Every great marriage has one common denominator, and that's 100% commitment. Understand something about great marriages. Great marriages don't happen by luck. Oh, aren't they lucky they have such a great marriage? Oh, no. Great marriages don't happen by accident. Great marriages, nobody stumbles into a great marriage. Great marriages take absolute 100% commitment. Great marriages take a lot of effort. Great marriages take a lot of time. Great marriages take a lot of energy. Great marriages take a lot of communication. Great marriages take a lot of compromise. Great marriages don't just happen. The truth of it is this. If your marriage is not going so great and you want it to start going better, it'll cost you. It'll cost you. Because great marriages 
take extreme, extreme commitment. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, you know what, Pastor? I look at so-and-so's marriage, and it looks a lot better than mine, and I look at her or I look at him, and I think if I was with her, if I was with him, my, I'd be happy. And, and you really believe, you believe the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. And, and I want to tell you where the grass is green. The grass is green wherever you water and fertilize it. That's where it's green. That's where it's green. Have you noticed that, people? They're in a marriage, and they're not happy, and they don't like it, and, and so, so they quit watering and fertilizing it, and, and the marriage ends up dying and ends in, in divorce, and all of a sudden, once they got divorced, they get a gym membership. You know what I'm They start getting their hair done, and they got a date, so they start buying flowers for her, and they wouldn't do that for them. They, they, I wonder why this is working, because you're watering it and fertilizing it. If you take a dead marriage... Marriage with the grass is turning brown, and you'd begin to water it, and you begin to fertilize it. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. I got weeds in my grass. Well, hop over the fence. They got weeds over there, too. Oh, yeah, it's weeds. It's weeds in everybody's fields. Pastor, I don't, I don't have feelings. You know, we, I just don't feel the love. I just don't have any feelings anymore. Well, let me tell you something. Love's not a feeling. Love's commitment. Let me tell you something. If you would begin to water the grass, water your marriage, fertilize your marriage, the feelings would follow. I, I guarantee you this. The reason you don't have feelings anymore is because you're not doing what you did to get your spouse. If you begin to do that again, if you begin to water it again, if you begin to fertilize it again, the feelings would follow. Great marriages take 100% commitment. There's a, a fourth step that I want us to look at to a great marriage, a fourth step. Number four is this, deal with unresolved hurt. Deal with unresolved hurt. And the first way you deal with unresolved hurt is by admitting you're wrong. Here's what you have to understand. If you've been sleeping with your eyes open, I do not want you to miss this. Friends, the secret weapon to great marriages is found in three little Words. The most powerful thing that you can do in your marriage is to say these three little words. Here they go. It'll, it'll revolutionize your marriage. Here's the words. I was wrong. Now I want to prepare you. Call the ambulance up because some of you, when you said your spouse is going to fall down on the floor. They, I mean, this ain't going to believe it. What? I can't believe they said that. You have to call a paramedic to come help and assist your family. But, but listen, 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 listen. Those three little words could bring healing to your marriage. Hear me today. Those three, swallow your pride. Those three little words could transform your marriage. I was wrong. Listen to what the Scripture says and. In James chapter 5 and, and verse number 16, the Bible says, Admit your faults to one another. And some of you have been misquoting that scripture. You thought the scripture said, Admit their faults to one another. But that's not what it says. I'll tell you, I, I looked this week and I, I mean, it doesn't say that. It says, Admit your, your faults to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Listen, listen, listen. I was wrong. I swallowed my pride. I was wrong. And you do that and you couple that 
with prayer, the Bible says there's healing. How's it wrong? Let's pray. Healing. I'm sorry. I blew it. Let's pray. Healing. The first step to a great marriage and to dealing with unresolved hurt is to admit that you are wrong. There's a, a second way that you and I deal with unresolved hurt, and that's to offer forgiveness. Understand this, nothing will destroy a marriage faster than unforgiveness. And your marriage will never, you can count on this, your marriage will never experience a marriage makeover without you offering forgiveness on a regular basis. You see, in a marriage relationship, forgiveness is, you need to offer it on a, on a monthly basis. On a, in some marriages, you need to offer forgiveness on a weekly basis. In some marriages, you need to offer Offered on a daily basis. I mean, you have to offer forgiveness. And I can be a knucklehead sometimes, and I have to admit that I'm wrong at least probably once a week, at least once a month for sure. You can count on that. i got to say I was wrong. And I have to offer forgiveness in, in the marriage relationship. Because here's what I know about your marriage, just like I know about my marriage. You will have disagree, uh, disagreements because you think differently. Listen, there are sometimes you, you say something and, and you say it the wrong way, or they took it the wrong way, and it, it just happens. Sometimes you say things without thinking. Sometimes you say things you didn't really, you didn't mean it. Sometimes you say things, and, and they're hurtful. And listen, on a daily basis, you need to be willing to offer forgiveness. And understand the moment you make up in your mind, and some of you have, well, I'm not going to forgive that. Well, well, you don't know what they did over here. You don't know how, 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 what they did over there. And I'm not going to forgive them for what they've done. And here's what you have to do. Understand, if you make up your mind that you're not going to forgive, you're going to wreck your marriage. If your marriage is going to have a makeover, you must offer forgiveness on a daily basis. Here's what the Scripture says in Colossians chapter 3 and, and verse number 13. Bear with each other. Some of you need to write down those four words, put it in a mirror, and you need to stare at it every day. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Now, here's what I want you to notice. One word, one word. Forgive whatever. Everybody say whatever. Forgive whatever. Well, you don't know what they've done to me. Whatever. You don't know how they stabbed me in my back. Whatever. You don't know how they broke trust with me. Whatever. You're going to experience a marriage makeover. You must forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Well, pastor, they're not worthy. Pastor, they don't deserve it. You don't know what they've done to me. You don't know how they broke confidence. You don't know how they brought shame to my life and to our marriage. You don't know what that they are not worthy of my forgiveness. Well, listen, you and I, we don't forgive because they're worthy. We forgive because he's worthy. Here's what the scripture says. Notice this. Notice this. It says, forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Not because they're worthy. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And man, I have blown it big time. And I thank God that he's forgiven me of all of my sins. Can anybody else bear witness with that? Are you thankful that we serve a forgiving God and a God of grace and, and a God of mercy and a God of, of love? And because he has forgiven us, he's forgiven us. We say, you know what? God's forgiven me. 
I've blown it. I've messed up. I've messed up big time. I've disappointed God. I've disappointed others. And because God forgave me, I'm not going to walk around like I'm not guilty and then make you guilty. I'm going to forgive you and release you and not keep dragging up the past. Every time we get in a disagreement, I'm going to drag up the past and throw it in your face. Every time we go through a little little rocky time, I'm going to drag up the past because I haven't forgiven you. And I'm going to wreck the marriage because I won't be willing to forgive. Listen, if you want to have a marriage makeover, it's imperative that you forgive your spouse, that you admit when you're wrong. There's a, a fifth step to a marriage makeover. Number five is this, letter E, enlist support from others. Enlist support from others. In other words, don't, don't try to have a marriage makeover all by yourself. You need the support of other people. And, and don't miss this. It's very, very important that you surround yourself with the right people. You see, there are plenty, plenty of places you can go There are plenty of people that you can talk to where you won't find a lack of support. And for whatever reason, our culture tends to work against successful marriages. Here's what I know. I know this to be true. If you leave this place today, you can go a lot of places. And here's the advice you'll get for your marriage. Just get out of it. Take the easy road. I don't know why you're putting up with all that. Why are you going through that? You need to be happy anyways. I mean, you can get that advice almost anywhere. And I'm telling you, listen, if you're going to have a marriage makeover, you need to get around some Christ followers, people who love Jesus, that can help you carry your burden. Here's what the scripture says in Galatians chapter number 6 and verse number 2. It says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of God. Of Christ. Understand this. You weren't created. You weren't designed. You weren't wired to carry all those problems, all that stress, all those burdens by yourself. Well, I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. No, 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 no. You're missing it. You weren't created to carry all that by yourself. That's why God established the local church, that we could have fellowship with other believers who can help us and encourage us during difficult times to carry our load. Listen, I want to encourage you, and, and I, I really work very, very, very hard to, to live what I preach, and I'm in a community group, and I want to encourage you to get in a community group. Matter of fact, three of the men that I am, I'm in a community group, we're here in, in the first service, and, and we meet on Mondays, and we study a book together, we pray for each other, and there was a time last week I was dealing with an issue with one of my parents, and and, man, we prayed last, uh, last semester, and, man, God showed up big time. And it, it was unbelievable what happens when we carry each other's burdens. And, and I'm telling you, listen, you need some other folks around you. Some of you, listen, you're getting all the wrong advice. The reason you're ready to throw away your marriage is because you, you, you're listening to folks that you shouldn't be listening to. And you need to get around some folks that will say, listen, stand on God's word. God's able. God will see you through. Believe God to do the impossible. Keep honoring God. Keep honoring his word. You need to get yourself in the right environment. And so we've created community groups so that you can build some Christian relationships and people can help you carry your burden. I want to encourage you at the end of this service to drop out in the lobby. On the far left-hand side, there is our community group directories. Pick up a directory. We've got community groups that meet all across the metro area. 
and get plugged in, enlist support from others. There's a second thing I want to encourage you to do. Enlist support through Christian counseling, through Christian counseling. The Bible says in Proverbs 19 and verse number 20, listen to advice and accept instruction. And in, in, in the end, you will be wise. Listen to advice. Accept instruction. Listen, for some of you, the best thing that you could ever do is go to a Christian counselor and let them help you process all that you're going through. Best $75 an hour you could ever spend. Pastor, well, I don't know if I want to do that. Listen, do whatever it takes. And I don't know where we get this idea of, well, if I go to a counselor, and I want to dispel it, well, if I go to a counselor, that means we're just a failure, and I'm a failure. It doesn't mean that at all. Matter of fact, as your pastor, and it's not for my marriage, but I've been thinking about going to a Christian counselor because i got to put up with some of y'all, and I need some help sometimes. I mean, yeah, Lord, help me, please. The pressures that come with pastoring in a large church and a growing church, and I, I, very much because I'm pastoring this church for the long call, and I'm going to stay healthy and honor God. And so, listen, do what it takes, whatever it takes, to see your marriage thrive and not fall apart. Enlist support from others. There, there's a, a third area I want to encourage you in regarding enlisting support. Enlist support through workshops and conferences. Workshops and conferences. What a, what a day we live in when we can go to workshops and conferences that can help equip us for, for our marriage, for our future marriage, or for the marriage we're already in. And, and this is the third year in a row we're offering the Becoming Your Mate's Best Friend workshop. And it's an interactive workshop where you're going to talk with other couples. And, and you know what ha- has happened over the last couple of years? We've had tremendous testimonies of how God has healed and transformed marriages. You know why? Because there are couples just like you. There were engaged couples just like you that said, you know what? We're going to enlist support from others and let some other folks help us carry our burdens. Point number six. There's a, a sixth step to a marriage makeover. Letter F is this. Focus. This is the key. This is so key. Focus on trusting Jesus. Focus on trusting Jesus. Psalm 62 and verse number 8 says, Trust in Him at all times. Everybody say all times. Notice that. Not just the good times. Don't just trust in God when your marriage is going great. Don't just trust in God when you're on the mountaintop. Trust in Him at all times. Old people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Listen, sir, this is the most important point I could give you today, ma'am. If you want to have a marriage makeover, it's very important that you make Jesus Christ the center of your life and the center of your marriage. You see, if if you're going through a, a rocky time in your life, if your marriage is going through a horrible time, that's not the time to run from God. That's the time to run to God. As pastor of this church, I hate to see it. It frustrates me. I wish I could do something to change it. I just can't besides praying and trust God. But here's two types of people I see. When things are going great, they quit trusting in God. And the second type of people I see is when things are going bad. They quit coming to church. They quit praying. They, they quit getting in the community group. They, they quit leaning on God. And And when you're going, listen, the Bible says trust in him at all times. Would you quit running from God? Would you quit trying to handle it by yourself? Would you run to God? 
Would you lean hard on God? Would you depend on God? Big time, listen. God's the only one that can save your marriage. God's the only one that can give a marriage makeover. The scripture says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, in verse number 12, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You see, God designed your marriage to operate successfully with three. You, your spouse, and God. And when God is an integral part of a marriage, that marriage can stand. And you know, when God's a part and, and God's a vital part and, and, and that, that marriage is trusting in God at all times, they're pouring out their heart to God, listen, that marriage can withstand storms. It can handle pressure. When that marriage is built around God, there will be troubling times. It may be financially. It may be the, the loss of a kid. It, it, it may be the in-laws. It, it, all, it, pressure, pressure. But that marriage can withstand pressure because God, you see, it's a cord of three strands. Cord of three strands. And some of you today, your marriage is falling apart. Your life is falling apart because... God's not in the equation. And I'm just telling you, your marriage was never made to just be you and your spouse. And, and you're trying, and, and it may be going okay for you, but, but over time, it, it just wasn't designed just to be you and your spouse. Well, I'm a big guy. I can, I'm a big boy. I'm a bigger. I can handle this. I'm telling you, when the pressure comes and, and the troubling time comes, you need Jesus to be an integral part. Your marriage was not designed to stand without God being the center. And so many people running from church and running from God and still building their marriage on the Lord Jesus Christ. They're trying to do it themselves. You say, Pastor, why are over 50% of marriages, even the church, ending in divorce? Because people try to do it themselves. And you were not designed to try to do life and marriage without God. And if you want your marriage to stand, you want your marriage to have a makeover, you need to get Jesus Christ back in the equation. Trust in God at all times. Oh, people, pour out your hearts to Him. Because God... Yes, our refuge. God needs to do some healing. Some of you need a miracle today. Some of you need God to resurrect a dead marriage. Close your eyes with me in this place. Let's sing this song together. Would you?